and gentlemen, let's go. What the Finance, presented by Say What Radio. Hey guys, well, this is the inaugural podcast of What the Finance, What the F. <laughs> I'm your host, Star Washington. And you know what? I think this is aptly titled What the F, WTF, because I was just thinking, like, who am I to be doing a show on finances? If you would have told me a year ago, that I would be doing a podcast on finances and credit and entrepreneurship and budgeting and saving money. (laughs) I would have thought that it was a joke. The reason why is because up until very recently, I have sucked, royally sucked at finances. I'm 37 and I just think back to my very first job at 17, 20 years ago. And I, at 17, you know, made good money for, you know, someone that lived at home with their parents and didn't have any bills. I just blew all of my checks. I just blew them off. And that was my very first job at Starbucks. I made, I think like $9.50 an hour, which was way more than minimum age back then that was like 99 and I didn't I never had anything to show for it and then I remember working at the airport I got paid every week still making about 9.50 an hour and there was a $10 uh, store right across from the Delta booth that I worked at and I would just buy so much crap at the $10 store, like it was crazy. But anyway, I say that to say that kind of started my just tumultuous journey into just extremely bad finances. And the irony of it all is my parents, you know, did not have a lot of money, but they never had a lot of debt or any debt, really, really just the home that ended up getting, you know, being paid off, you know, they knew the importance of saving. They knew the importance of maintaining good credit and not living above their means. And, you know, they were never flashy and, you know, they were never materialistic, but just, you know, when I was sitting and thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this podcast, because I want to make it real and make it raw. I don't want to come to you guys with a bunch of, you know, just quotes and charts and stuff that I found online because my financial journey has been filled with just bumpy roads. And I just want to be real with you and raw with you because I think that finances in our community, especially the Black community, especially with black women. It's kind of our dirty little secret. And I just want to lift the covers off of that. So I'm gonna be real with y'all. So basically, I was thinking of like, where did I get these horrible spending and saving habits from? And I was just thinking that, you know, growing up, 
you know, people had Jordans and starter jackets and coach purses. And like, I remember Mickey Mouse watches and Mickey Mouse socks, just all of this cool stuff. And I could never have any of that. I never did. And I couldn't understand. I was, <laughs> I was actually at the beauty shop. I'm, a, I'm really be real with y'all. So y'all, there's a phrase called the working poor. This is basically a segment of society that works hard, works super hard, typically doing uh, low-skilled, low-wage work like landscaping and cafeteria worker, janitor, you know, low-skilled, low-wage, hard labor, busting concrete, pouring concrete, that, that sort of thing. And the thing about the working poor is, you know, they work super, super hard, but they don't get any um, government assistance, even though they could, they would typically qualify. But their mindset is not, what can someone give me? It's work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, do without struggle. And that's how I grew up. I grew up, you know, my parents were, we would call the working poor. We were never on any type of public assistance, didn't get any reduced or free school lunches, no section aid, no financial assistance, aka welfare, no food stamps, absolutely positively nothing at all. Although we definitely would have qualified. My parents were called the working poor. You know, I would see my counterparts growing up in middle school and in high school and their parents, a lot of their parents didn't work. A lot of them came from single parent homes, single mother homes. Their mothers didn't work. You know, they lived at these apartments and I thought apartment life was so cool because they would all, be, you know, hang out together and have so much fun and get on the bus together and they would always be eating like these cool snacks like chips and pickles. But the thing is, they were always so well-dressed. They were fly. Like the girls always had their hair done, always had cute purses, coach purses, you know, these Mickey Mouse watches and I remember back in the t back in my like I guess middle school years, cross colors was popular, Velos was was popular. I remember you know being on my bus to Persian Middle School, and we would pick the kids up on Scott Street, I think, and they all kind of lived in these in housing. I didn't know any of this at the time, but looking back, it was housing. But they would just get on the bus just one after the other, just so fly. I mean, just so, 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 so fly. And I remember always just looking at them wondering, like, how could that be? And now as an adult, I realized that, you know, my parents didn't have extra money for fancy items for beepers or for cool clothes because every single dime that they made 
went toward a mortgage and insurance and lights and water and you know, clothing and heat. So it's just crazy. And now I see that a lot of my counterparts at the time, you know, a lot of their parents, the extra money was their extra money because a lot of their major expenses like housing and lights and food was being taken care of. And you know what? I didn't realize that really until I got good and grown. And that's crazy. So You know, I always, I think when I, you know, got my first job and got some money, I wanted to look good. (laughs) I I wanted cute clothes. I wanted to get my hair done. I wanted to get my nails done. I've always been that type of person. I am, I'm that way now. Now I budget for it and can afford it. But when I went off to college and I went on a full scholarship, everything was taken care of. But when I went off to college, somehow I got my hands on a credit card. I can't remember how. Now, mind you, I think these were the days and it's outlawed now because so many of my counterparts made horrible financial decisions. But these were the days when the credit card companies would come on the campus They would have a stand and they would pass out t-shirts and give out little trinkets and gifts for you to come and apply for a credit card. Like it was not uncommon for you to see a credit card company on your college campus or just at a place where young people were. And I probably got a hold of it by something like that. But anyway, I remember I got a qualified for a $300, I think Lane Bryant credit card, 300 bucks. And I was so excited to go to Lane Bryant and get me some cute summer clothes. And y'all know Lane Bryant has never been cheap. It's not cheap now. It wasn't cheap then. $300 is not going to get you a whole lot, but um, not even then. But I just, I remember like charging more than the $300. And I remember not paying the bill. And I remember my mom just taking care of the bill for me. And I just, I didn't understand the value of credit. I didn't understand the value of money. I just didn't understand. So anyway, I would, that would be my cycle. And, you know, my mom finally just stopped helping me because I think I started hiding it. But that was my cycle, basically getting these credit cards with whoever I could qualify with low limits and overcharging them and not paying the bill and just buying crap to try to, I guess, feel better from growing up with very little materialistically. And that started just the really nasty cycle of horrible finances. I remember I would, I'd work jobs and I'd get checking accounts. They were always overdrafted and I did, it didn't matter to me. I just didn't think like anytime I would get, people would sometimes send me a little bit of money in college. I'd blow that. But the big you know where things really, really took a turn for the worse. Student loan. That's where things really, really got bad. Because, hey, 
messing up with $300, you can recover from that. But when you're not even 21 and you're messing over thousands of dollars, then you pretty much have put a boulder around your neck that it's really, really hard to recover from that 20 years later, I'm still trying to recover from. But mind you guys, I told you that I went to college on a full scholarship and I didn't really need anything extra. However, because, you know, I was low income, I qualified for grants and student loans. And a grant would have been more than enough for me to cover any of my extras. And I still would have had money left over. But no, I took everything they gave me. So that probably gave me a surplus of, you know, five or six thousand dollars. No, and between grants and student loans, but probably mostly loans. And I remember getting my first refund check. I remember the check, but I can't remember anything I purchased. I know it was some bullshit, but (laughs) I just, I blew it. Y'all keep hearing me say I blew it, but that's exactly what I did with it at 18, 19 years old, thousands of dollars just gone, but not that it was just gone. But the fact is I owed that money and didn't even think about having to pay it back. Didn't even think about it. It didn't even occur to me that that was money that would soon need to be paid back and would need to be paid back at exorbitantly high interest rates. And this was my cycle year after year after year. Took a year and a half off from school, like a dumbass, (laughs) because I met someone and didn't want to go back to school. I was going to school in Florida, met someone in Houston, thought I fell in love at 21. I was like, oh, I'm not going back to college or I'm taking a break. But during that break, I was still getting student loan money and enrolled in University of Houston and maybe went to one class, but got the money like I was in school full time and I spent it all. I was the financier in that relationship because it was with someone 20, like 20 years older than me with a child. But um, I was, I, that money, and that was probably fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000, just, just gone. Just gone, not realizing that I was just really, really paving the way for a nightmare down the line. Just debt, 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 debt. Just horrible, horrible debt. But anyway, I did go back to school. I did finish. My finances didn't get any better. I still had that cycle of student loan debt, working jobs, blowing the money, overdrafting my accounts. I had an apartment at the time. Oh, I think I got a big tip from an apartment. Y'all, it was just bad. It was just bad. So I wanted to give you just a little bit of background on where I came from. And you'll learn more. This is just episode one, but I just knew nothing 
about finances. And the irony of it is that I was always really, really smart, made excellent grades, you know, excellent grades. You know, I went to school on a, an academic scholarship, but when it came to finances, just so, so, so dumb, got an F. So fast forward to my 20s. Let's, let's fast forward to my 20s. I got my first corporate job. First corporate job in corporate America, Liberty Mutual. And I, well, I had a couple corporate jobs after that. But after graduating from college, this was my first, I guess, high-paying corporate job. I think my salary was like 35000 a year plus commission. And y'all, I was good at that job. I was good in sales. So my commission checks would be three, four thousand dollars a month plus extra. So at that age, I was doing, you know, very well financially on paper, salary wise, probably, you know, grossing like fifty five thousand a year, like twenty six. And I was I had a paid off car and I was renting a room with a friend. So my expenses were super low. And I didn't pay anything back for student loan. And I still had absolutely nothing to show for the money that I was making. I remember my friend was charging me like four fifty a month, of course, due on the first every month. And I was always late. Thank God she didn't charge me a late fees or anything. But I was always late. I couldn't pay after that was $450. That was probably just a third of one of my biweekly checks, not even including my commission, but was still late. Just, but I remember just shopping, 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 always buying clothes, always at the beauty shop, always at the nail shop, always out to eat, always drinking, spending hundreds of dollars at At bars, buying stuff for other people, just terrible. Meanwhile, my student loan debt is accruing interest because I'm out of college, not paying it, not even talking to the people, just not even thinking, just living the AKA good life. And this continued year after year after year after year. When I was in my 30s, And I think it got to the point where the student loan people said, hey, it's time for you to start paying us. I think I had exhausted all of my options. I decided to, instead of paying my student loans, to go back to school and get a master's so I wouldn't have to pay. But the master's was completely funded with more student loans. and. Guys, get this. So I got my master's in, oh God, it's so sad. I barely even think about this degree. That's why I get legal studies. I was working at Liberty Mutual and they had a tuition reimbursement program. So I chose legal studies because I told myself that I could use that in the insurance field as my career progressed. And Liberty Mutual said, okay, cool, and reimbursed me. So I went to Kaplan University, crazy overpriced, 
for-profit college, online college, which I think I'll reading that it's in a lot of hot water. We'll talk about that at another time too. But I was supposed to be using the money that Liberty Mutual gave me to pay for my student loans. So when Kaplan sent me a bill, I used student loans to pay it. I was supposed to show Liberty Mutual the bill so I can then reimburse student loans. But I didn't do that. I pocketed the money. And you guessed it, I blew it. <laughs> I blew it. But at this point, though, I knew that I'd have to pay it back. When I was much younger, that didn't resonate with me. But at this point, I knew that I would have to pay it back. But my thinking was that I would miraculously be so successful making hundreds of thousands of years, that it wouldn't be a problem. And that was my thinking probably up until a couple of years ago, where just everything just came to a head. (laughs) So my thing is this, if you're out there and you made mistakes like me, worse than me, and I talk to so many people that do, especially women, especially black women. I'm a black woman. That's who I usually attract in my business endeavors. And I've never told really anyone except for, you know, my boyfriend this this story. And you guys still don't even know most of it. But, you know, this behavior resulted in being and owing over $100,000 to U.S. Department of Education and other miscellaneous people. And I was so ashamed by this. And I carried this burden around just silently, not even knowing what I could do about it, not even knowing how I could dig myself out. You know, outside of the student loans, I was able to kind of get my credit score up while working at Liberty Mutual. And then once it got to a certain point, I ended up getting credit cards and I was responsible with paying them because, God, I was paying them with um, some of that extra money that I was getting from um, my tuition reimbursement. But it just it's still the thing about doing things like that is it will eventually spiral out of control. So about a year ago, after just a really, really low period. Well, about two years ago, after a really low period, I had an eviction on my credit report, all this student loan debt, a bunch of credit cards and collections. Just, I was at the lowest of the low. My credit score, I think, was about two years ago, maybe like a 460. So a 460 credit score, which is like an F minus, nobody's going to give you anything. Plus I had an eviction. (laughs) Plus I had, you know, $100,000 in student loan debt. I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. Sometimes I would cry myself to sleep because I didn't even know who to talk to about it. I really thought my case was hopeless. And I, I prayed. I said, Lord, just show me. Like, show me how to fix my credit and show me how to make additional income. Because when you owe that much money, 
a job alone is not going to cut it. It's just not. So I knew that I needed something different and I prayed about it. And I woke up July 1st of 2017. After crying myself to sleep the night before, I woke up and I saw an ad from my now friend and business partner. But then it was just a woman I didn't know talking about she could help me repair my credit. (laughs) So I said, hmm. And something about her just made me reach out. And I reached out to her and she told me about how I could repair my credit. But the biggest gift she gave me is she told me about how I can make some extra income by helping other people repair their credit. And it just, I was so desperate. Plus what she said made complete sense. I said, I'm in. (laughs) And on July 1st, I launched my credit restoration business. And nine months later, it was probably to date outside of turning my life over to Jesus. The best decision that I ever made. Because now, not only did it, Help me increase my credit score and help me increase my finances, but it changed me. It during the process, I've learned so much about finances and about money and the mindset of money. Like people who are good with money, it's not that they have so much of it, it's a mindset. Like money is just energy. And when you've never had any and when you don't understand it, you don't get that it's just energy. It seems like it's this daunting, just this thing, this scary thing that you know you have to have and that you work and try to get. And it's typically not enough. Once you're able to understand that it's energy and get that mindset, you can make tons of it and you can save tons of it and you can make it work for you. So, you know, being at a really, really low spot and, you know, forced me basically to fix my credit and and start a business. But in doing this, I was around people that understood money. And there's a, a quote by Les Brown, and it says that you make about two to three thousand dollars within two to three thousand dollars of your five closest friends. And you know what? That's all things considered. I would say that's pretty true. Because money is energy, typically people who have the same type of energy hang together. They talk about the same things. They watch the same shows. They have the same interests. They even eat the same foods. They pretty much maintain the same lifestyle. And... I remember when I was at, you know, rock bottom financially, I was just praying like, Lord, like, please help me increase my network. Like, help me attract people that can help me and what I'm bad at. I knew that I was bad at finances and managing money. I knew that I didn't know anything about credit in entrepreneurship, I knew I needed to be around someone. And I prayed for that. And that was delivered when I started my business. I started being around people who understood money, 
understood credit. It forced me to level up, to understand money and to understand credit, to take inventory of my financial situation. And it kicked off the journey. But, you know, from people supporting me, listening out there, if that's your situation, if financially you've hit rock bottom, take inventory of your situation, what you've done wrong, put it all on paper. I underestimated how much I owed. I overestimated my credit score. So until I got my official credit score and saw all of my debt on paper, my head was basically in the sand. And once I was able to get that information and you are able to get that information as I would definitely use some type of tool to get your official credit scores with all three of the credit bureaus and get all three of your credit reports because you can't fix what you're ashamed of. You can't fix what you don't know. And I knew my situation was bad, but I didn't really know how bad because I didn't want to know how bad. For my listeners, the first thing you can do is one, don't beat yourself up. Don't be ashamed. You only know a little bit of my situation. Trust me, it's probably worse than yours. And two, get it in black and white. You can't attack it or fix it until you know it. So definitely get it in black and white. I know I was going beating around people. So you definitely don't want to be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid. And it doesn't have to be someone that you know. Because in a lot of situations, someone that you know really can help you. Reach out if you need help. You know, I'll say this at, after the end of today's show, but you can definitely contact me. My number is 386-383-6968. And if you need credit analysis, if you need to learn your options and create an extra money, or contact someone else. But the thing is, you need to be around people that are where you want to go or are going where you want to go. Because money is an energy, you need to surround yourself with that good energy. And I didn't realize that years ago, but I'm realizing it now. And now I'm at the point that I only want to be around people with that type of energy that have an abundance mindset that are talking about investment properties and home ownership and starting businesses and saving and budgeting. So you definitely want to get around that because I can't say enough that money is an energy and that money is all in your mind and that it is totally mindset. So that that's kind of how what led me here, not because I have all these degrees in finance or have done all this research, but, you know, now I'm in a money environment and around that energy and it's my mindset. So I've learned a lot. So 
<laughs> now that you have a little bit of old ground about me and you know my story will unfold throughout this journey I just want to end the first show with saying again do not be ashamed of your finances because for a lot of us we just you don't know what you don't know and it's okay and there's no sense lamenting on the past and crying over spilled milk. Don't be ashamed. Two, fix what you're ashamed of by knowing where you need the help. So you definitely want to get those credit scores. You definitely want to get your credit reports. I talk to a lot of people that have a good idea of what they're, what's on their credit through they order from like freecreditrepair.com or Credit Karma. I have a lot of clients through my business. Um, you can check that out at starwashington.com or whoever you want to use. But the important thing is to get, get things official. Not an estimate. I think Credit Karma just uses like one bureau, maybe two. But that's a good start. But you definitely want to know what you have for sure so you can start working on it. So one, not be ashamed to get your official credit scores, get your credit reports because you need to know how much debt you have. That income to debt ratio is huge. It's huge. And seeing it all on paper will help you be able to start an action plan. And Honestly, I'd recommend just focusing on those two tasks because if you're somebody like me whose financial situation and credit was trash, you can't start doing a bunch of stuff at one time. You can't get your fix your credit, pay off your debt, save for a rainy day. Cut out all your Starbucks drinks. Stop getting your hair done. <laughs> you can't. It's best to take baby steps. That's what I did. I took baby steps and throughout through the baby steps. And even when I wasn't taking baby steps, even when I was actively sabotaging my success by not paying my bills or paying them late over or maxing out my credit cards or overdrafting my account, I would always read about finances and credit. So I knew all of those little tips, save your change and swap out your, your Starbucks drink for something you can make at home and, you know, cut out eating out and cut out getting your hair done and cut out getting your nails done and shop your closet and, you know, walk to work, just all of that. And all of that stuff is helpful. For sure. But when you are in an emergency situation, it's best to start small. And most people that I talk to that have horrible finances, they need a blueprint and they need to master that blueprint with baby steps. And most of the people that I talk to in that situation are like me and they need to see it in writing first. So I implore you out there, your takeaway from tonight's episode 
is to find out how much debt you have and find out what's on your credits uh, report with all three bureaus, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, and find out what your credit scores are. Let's start there. And as we go through this journey together, we'll learn some other things that has I'll share with you things that have helped me. After learning about my credit and finding out how much debt I had, other things that have helped me along the way. And the thing that I think you guys are really like is you will still get to have fun and you still get to maintain most of your lifestyle. It doesn't take huge change to start seeing results, but it does take change, does take change. And it does take being honest with yourself and taking inventory of your situation. So that's step one. So guys, I know (laughs) I kind of rambled. This is my very first podcast, my very first show by myself. And I was actually a little hesitant on doing it. I kept putting it off. But my goal is to be better because I want to be better for me. And I want to be better for you because I take this task seriously in helping you increase your finances and helping you learn how to build wealth. All right. So I'm signing off, but just want to leave you with ways to contact me. You can follow me at the star Washington on Instagram. That's T-H-E-S-T-A-R-R Washington. That's Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Star Washington, that's Star with two R's. And uh, my website is www.starstarrwashington.com. And my phone number is 386-383-6968. But I'm really excited about going through this journey with you all because helping you will definitely help me and I need all the help that I can get. All right. So you guys have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon.